0: Hello, welcome back to the Stories in My Head. This is your host, Sarah Armstrong. We're on episode number six. Two more to go, seven and eight. And in this episode, we're going to have uh, one of the secret identities revealed. We're going to find out who's been pretending to be somebody they're not. And it might look like we've Probably solved the mystery, but have we really done so? Maybe not. I really enjoy reading your comments. Please continue to leave them. And let's get to episode number six of our novel, Adinkra. spite of everything Elena really enjoyed Derek's company he was smart funny kind and very charming her main agenda wasn't forgotten but the guilt about using him for her own purposes grew stronger Derek sent flowers but never to the office when they found themselves at the same official function he was appropriate but always managed to be close to her They would make plans in advance to meet afterwards and discuss the events of the evening. They held hands, shared a few kisses and long embraces. She knew he was getting serious. Emotional involvement on his part was good. It would make him more vulnerable. Any feelings on her part were out of the question. Her efforts had paid off. Derek was taking her to his parents' house for dinner. They agreed it was time to let the Davidsons know about their relationship. It was to be a surprise. Elena chose a loose fitting beige and black dress, low heeled beige shoes, and small diamond studs in her ears. She carefully checked the placement of her makeup. This was no time for an oversight to ruin everything. When Derek arrived, he kissed her warmly and said, Elena, you look beautiful. She accepted his thanks with appropriate modesty. Cheryl checked the table for the third time to make sure everything was perfect. Their son was bringing home someone for them to meet. Derek didn't share much about his private life, and his parents didn't pry. He'd brought various women to campaign events and state functions, but asking for a dinner at his parents' home was unprecedented. Aaron was receptive to the idea, but protested that he was too young to be a grandfather. Neither Cheryl nor Aaron knew whom he was dating, and Derek wouldn't reveal her name. It was nice, bustling around the kitchen, preparing a meal with Aaron helping. He made the salad, set the table, opened the wine to breathe. Their easy banner was like years before. The fact that no new letters were found in the past few weeks served to ease tension somewhat. And Cheryl's suspicions about Aaron now seemed a little silly. I, uh... Wonder why Derek won't even tell us the woman's name, Erin asked aloud, echoing Cheryl's thoughts. There's a great deal about this evening that is suspicious. Derek is a private person, but not one for intrigue and mystery. She must be quite a woman, maybe a movie star or a secret agent or a fugitive on the run, Cheryl said with a hint of amusement in her voice. Aaron gave a dismissive snort and replied, huh, whoever it is, we will be our usual gracious trusting selves and then I'll run a full background check on her tomorrow morning. They both laughed as the doorbell chimed announcing their dinner guest. Cheryl removed her apron, took Aaron's hand and prepared to welcome their mystery guest. Elena wished she had had a camera to record the incredulous look on the Davidson's face when they opened the door. First they were puzzled, then shocked, and finally guarded, but welcoming. What a pleasant surprise! Come in! Cheryl was the first to find her voice, After an awkward exchange of hugs and handshakes, they sat in the living room making small talk about hors d'oeuvres and wine. Unable to stand the forced conversation, Aaron said, Okay, enough chit-chat. Why didn't you two tell anyone you were dating? Derek smiled at Elena and replied, We... We didn't want to compromise any ethics or create an appearance of collusion. You know, a governor's son involved with a staff member, I I didn't want people to think Elena was hired because she had connections. Cheryl sipped her wine and observed Elena while Derek spoke. She sensed true affection and something else. It almost seemed that Elena was smugly satisfied, as though she had accomplished a long-desired goal. Dismissing her feelings as reaction to the surprises of the evening, Cheryl said, Elena has been a valued member of my staff for several years and was hired before you even met, so there's no problem. It's a delight to know that you two are entering a relationship. I raise a glass to you both. Once the air was cleared, dinner progressed smoothly with easy conversation about everything from current events to Derek's earlier dating disasters. Later, at her apartment, Elena kissed Derek goodnight, closed the door, and slumped into a chair. She was a rousing success. She answered the Davidsons' questions about her background with ease and sincerity. The hours spent memorizing and study were worth it. Leaning back, she allowed herself to revel in her success while she fingered the inside of her right wrist. The small office in the strip mall was unremarkable. The words First Alert Security Systems were stenciled on the door. Around 7 a.m., a man dressed in a work uniform pulled up in a white panel van. He pulled up his hoodie, stepped out, and entered the back door. Within an hour, two more uniformed men with clipboards entered the front door. There was no indication that Aaron, Derek, and Mafume were anything more than three employees arriving at work. Cheryl told Renita about the letters, not unexpected, that's her best friend. She was worried that I'd be upset about it, but I'm glad it happened, Darren said. Why, Dad? Derek asked. The guilty party or parties may give themselves away by being too surprised or too calm. Um, that's like when I told Marcia she seemed genuinely concerned. Mafume cautioned. we're dealing with a very cunning and ruthless person who's good at hiding and pretending. I, I know Renita's holding something back; she's hiding something i'm but I'm sure it has something to do with our breakup after college. Renita gets uneasy when I try to revisit those days, but I find it so hard to believe she would want to hurt Cheryl. What's her motive? I've checked and rechecked everything, and Renita, Elena, and Marsha are the only three who have access to all the places the notes were found. I can find no discrepancy in their backgrounds. This, my plan here was to have you two, you get close to Renita Mafume and, and Derek gets close to Elena and, and me get close to Marcia to see if they are hiding anything or might let something slip. I'm taking Elena swimming at the lake this weekend. I'll mention the letters to her and see how she reacts," Derek continued. "I hope she's not the one. I really like her. She's smart and funny and" Derek stopped, realizing that the two men were looking at him with amusement. "I hope not, too, son. Just don't get too involved. You need to be clear." and be as impartial as possible. That's the reason I asked you to start dating her. I even act surprised when you brought her to the house. Derek nodded in agreement. Eric continued, Confide in her, Derek. Tell her about the notes and see what she says. Aaron, have you ever considered that this person might be after you? Your law enforcement career is long as you made some enemies, Mafume suggested. Good idea. I'll look over my biggest cases and bring them next week so we can see if there are any connections. The men agreed on the next meeting time and left in staggered intervals. It had been a perfect day of hiking, picnicking, and over Elena's strenuous objections, an impromptu swim in the lake. Conversation and harmless teasing flowed easily between Elena and Derek as they sat in the umbrella chairs. Derek searched for an opportunity to bring up the letters, but hadn't found one. Elena was frightened. She really liked Derek and felt more relaxed today than she had in years, but that was the danger. She couldn't care for anyone to refocus on her mission. She asked what seemed to be an innocent question. How are your parents? I haven't seen your father around the office much lately. Perfect, Derek thought. He paused and look ar- looked around to see if anyone was close enough to hear. His conspiratorial manner was not lost on Elena. I'm going to tell you something because I trust you. I can't trust you, can't I? Of course, Elena replied. During the past few weeks, my mother has received some mysterious letters. Really? From whom? ''We don't know,'' Eric continued. He then told her the entire story and carefully watched her body language. Elena's mind raced. Her response must be right to give her time to process this and possibly use it to her advantage. She said with a tremor in her voice, ''Who would be doing such a thing and why?'' "'Have you seen anyone new or suspicious around the office or at the house?' Derek inquired. "'No, but I'll be extra vigilant.' Elena said this as she took Derek's hands in hers. "'Thanks. I appreciate a person I trust being near my mother.' Derek raised her hands to his lips and gently kissed her fingers. Helena was surprised by her response to his tenderness. Suddenly her heart froze as Derek placed his hands in her hair and drew his face to hers. The kiss was soft, slow, sweet, and warm. She leaned in despite herself and fought to capture the tears. One lone drop trickled down her cheek. Without a word, Derek brushed away a tear and drew her close. She heard a voice in her head say, Don't be distracted. Concentrate on your goal. Elena, remember who you are. I can't put it off any longer. Cheryl didn't look much like a governor in her purple butterfly pajamas and Fuzzy matching slippers. Aaron heard the determination in his wife's voice and saw the resolve in her eyes. She continued, This person is going to do whatever they want, no matter what. I won't let them intimidate me. Have you made your decision? Aaron asked. Yes, Cheryl replied. But I won't share it with you until I make it official. Why? Aaron, be honest. No matter what I decide, will you lessen the security bubble? Absolutely not. So nothing will be gained or lost by my not telling you. Having made her point, Cheryl turned, marched into the bathroom and continued preparing for bed. Although her suspicions were somewhat satisfied, Cheryl still had that little seed of doubt if Aaron might be involved. Sharon had taken Renita's advice. She called off the surveillance and let their relationship continue to heal. Aaron's return to her bedroom was without fanfare. Cheryl invited him to share the covers and popcorn while they watched a football game. They both fell asleep and awoke in the morning, cuddled together. Sharon didn't object when Aaron returned the next night, and soon everything from a toothbrush to neckties, were black in place. No intimacy yet, but plenty of warmth and comfort. For now, that was enough. Derek and Mafume were waiting when Aaron arrived at the strip mall. He brought all the information on his high-profile cases, he even included those still incarcerated, thinking they might have violent friends on the outside. Aaron and Mafume talked while Derek scrolled through documents and pictures on the laptop. Renita's still very reserved. It's like she's always on guard around me. She chooses her words carefully and definitely doesn't want to talk about our college days. Whenever I bring up our previous relationship, she changes the subject, Mafumi said. Maybe it's just too painful. You did leave her and go off and start a revolution. She was heartbroken, Aaron replied. Young, stupid, selfish, savior of the oppressed, that was me. Aaron heard the pain and regret in Mafume's voice. By the time I got grounded, she was gone, traveling, learning, growing away from me, us. What about Cheryl and Marcia? Mafume asked. Cheryl and I are closer. We talk, we share a bed, but nothing more. I spotted the people she had following me, but they didn't really find out anything. She never told me about the surveillance. She didn't ask any questions, and now she's called it off. Curious. Aaron sighed heavily. As for Marcia, she calls me every week, but has nothing to report, no strangers, no unexplained events or activities. It's frustrating. Dad, who is this? Derrick's question pulled both men to the laptop. There was a picture of a young man's body on a morgue table. That's Tomek Brandt. It was my biggest case. Brandt ran a highly sophisticated business, providing new identities to whoever needed one. He, He worked mostly with international criminals, organized crime, and terrorist organizations. He also helped political refugees trying to escape profession. His parents barely escaped from some despot in the former Soviet Soviet Union, some satellite nation. So he helped others like them. Why do you ask? Look at this. Derek zoomed in on a tattoo on the inner right wrist in the picture. It was a coiled knot that kind of resembled the garlic knot bread that you get at an Italian restaurant. That tattoo, dad, that tattoo. I've seen this before. It had been a long day. Governor Davidson announced on Tuesday her decision about Calvin McDonald would be revealed on Friday. It was Thursday late afternoon and she had just finished a lengthy meeting with Renita, making sure they were all in sync for a visit from a Pacific Rim trade delegation next week. Elena was clearing her desk to leave when she saw the folder. It was Renita's and had all her notes from the meeting. Elena sighed. Renita needed the information for her weekly wardrobe session with the governor, and she was pondering what to do when Derek stuck his head in the door. Are we still on for dinner? I I guess so. Renita left her folder here, and I know she needs it this evening for her meeting with your mother, Elena said. Well, why don't you drop it off at my parents' house and I'll pick you up there, Derek suggested. Fine, I'll call Renega so I can get past security. Elena paused. I'm really looking forward to our dinner at the food truck festival tonight. Me too, Derek replied. See you at 7.30. Elena stood for a moment, pondering her situation. The relationship with Derek was going better than expected. It was everything she'd planned for, except she felt guilt about deceiving him, but there was no other way. Delivering the folder in person would give her a chance to submit her acceptance by the Davidsons. All done, Renita declared. Outfits chosen, appropriate phrases added to speeches. Protocols outlined. Time for wine. Cheryl collapsed on the couch as Renita retrieved a bottle and two glasses from the bar. The smooth taste of the rich red wine brought warmth and comfort to her tired mind and body. I didn't know Derek and Rolina were dating, Renita inquired. When did that start? Came about suddenly a few weeks ago, kind of curious to tell you the truth. They've known each other for a long time. Why now, Cheryl wondered. Renita replied, well, the way they were looking at each other tonight, it looks serious. Derek has a level head. I have to trust his judgment, Cheryl stated. Both heads turned toward the front door as Aaron entered, laden with Chinese takeout. Ladies, you look comfortable and relaxed. I thought you were working, Aaron teased. Cheryl smiled warmly. Get a glass and join us. Aaron disappeared into the kitchen and reappeared a few moments later, looking stunned and puzzled. In his hand, he held an envelope. Cheryl knew what he would find as he pulled back the flap. He carefully extracted the cloth square and the digitally generated note. He placed them on the table and Cheryl read with a trembling voice. It was another of the same paper in the same envelope. This symbol looked like a wagon wheel with no rim and four spokes with mushroom caps On the ends, the note was chilling. A coma untoso, symbol of understanding and agreement. Tomorrow we are in agreement or you pay the consequences. Don't let him out. Aaron forced himself to be calm. Kneeling next to his wife, he took her hands and asked in a quiet voice, Who else has been here this evening besides you and Renita? Cheryl's hands were trembling and cold. No one out of the ordinary, she said. Out of the ordinary? Aaron queried. Renita replied, well, Derek stopped by to pick up Elena for their date. She, Elena, why was she here? Eric asked excitedly. I left my folder in the office and I needed it tonight. She offered to bring it by and met Derek here for their date, Renita replied. How did she get here? Aaron kept his voice calm. Cheryl, now fully engaged, replied she used Uber from the office. She left her car in the parking lot at the office and asked Renita to give her a ride to work in the morning." Did she go in the kitchen? No, but she did use the bathroom and had to pass through the kitchen to get there, Renita recalled. Aaron reached for his cell phone and called Derek. Hi, Derek. Aaron cut Derek's reply short. Derek, don't let Elena know you are talking to me. Okay, I'm listening, Derek replied. I need you to bring Elena back to the house Tonight, Aaron said urgently, if that's really what you need. Derek, trust me, I'll explain when you get here. Naturally. See you soon, Derek said before he disconnected. Aaron turned to Cheryl and Renita and said, I have something to tell you both. He told them about the secret meetings he held with Derek and Mafume who were the owners of the mysterious burner phones. Then he told them what Derek had discovered. She knew something was wrong as soon as Derek got the phone call. Ellen could see it in his eyes. He tried to be relaxed as they finished their meal and found the soft ice cream truck to get dessert. The reason for returning to his parents' house seemed contrived, And the silence on the car ride over was uncomfortable. Aaron opened the door and showed her to a seat. Governor Davidson and Renita faced her, perched on bar stools. Derek leaned against the wall by the door, as if blocking her escape. Be calm, Elena. Be calm. Aaron sat on a stool facing Elena. He opened a manila folder with her name on it, and began to speak in a low, steady voice. "'We know who you are. "'Your brother did a magnificent job of inventing a new identity. "'He even fooled me.' Forcing herself to keep her voice steady, Elena replied, "'I don't know what you're talking about. I I have no brother.' Tell me about your background, Aaron asked. You know all about me, Mr. Davidson. You checked out everyone who worked for the government more than once. Keep calm, Elena. Remind me, Aaron insisted. Taking a deep breath, Elena began to recite the facts she knew so well, being careful not to make it sound rehearsed. I am Elena Gabriel Machado, born in Quito, Ecuador. Thirty-three years ago, I am an only child. Aaron sat in silence, watching intently. My parents were both teachers at the Equator Technology University in Quito. They died in a landslide while hiking in the mountains. I was twelve. Elena paused and took a deep breath and continued. As there was no other family, my parents had arranged in their will for me to be educated at a private girls' boarding school in Ibarra, Ecuador. I earned a scholarship to Castleborough College in New Hampshire. I then attended graduate school at Columbia. I worked at several nonprofits before I joined the governor's staff. Aaron consulted the folder and said, your parents' bodies were never recovered, correct? Elena nodded. The landslide was caused by an earthquake and the area was not accessible. Reports were taken from other hikers who witnessed the landslide. And the boarding school you attended in Ibarra was destroyed by fire? Aaron continued. Yes, three years after I left, but I have copies of my enrollment grades and graduation certificate, Elena offered. Silence. I know you interviewed my classmates and professors from Castleboro and Columbia, Elena continued. More silence. Mr. Davidson, what is this all about? Is there a problem with my security clearance? Aaron stood up. Yes, there is a problem. He picked up a damp cloth from the table, quickly grasped her right arm, and vigorously wiped across the inside of her wrist, revealing an eternity not tattoo. There is definitely a problem, Sveta Brandt, Aaron said in a menacing whisper. Elena was stunned. How did you find out? She whispered. I was so careful. Derek replied. When we were at the lake, the water washed enough makeup away for me to see this tattoo. Dad was reviewing some of his old case files and I saw the same tattoo on your brother's body. Aaron continued, we had no proof, so Derek continued to date you and we kept you under surveillance to see what you did and who you contacted. Derek squatted next to Elena's chair. I don't understand why you chose such an odd message of revenge or why you targeted my mother. Elena looked at Derek with tears forming in her eyes. I didn't send those notes, why would I? Slowly turning her gaze, she glared at Aaron. It was your father I was after. I blamed him for my brother's death. I didn't want to kill him. I wanted him destroyed in disgrace. I followed his career and his family, and when I landed the position on the governor's staff, it was perfect. I was going to find out things or plant evidence or do whatever I needed to avenge Tomek. Her voice was low, emphatic, and dripping with venom. And this was the first step in your plan, Aaron added, standing and glaring at Elena. No, she replied emphatically. After I got to know Governor Davidson and saw you two together and how much you loved each other, you reminded me of my parents. Then, after spending time with Derek, I. You what? Derek asked quietly. I began to lose my resolve. The desire for revenge made me sad instead of angry, but then I would think about my brother and feel like I was betraying him, Elena said, defeat in your voice. Elena stood and approached Cheryl Governor Davidson, no matter how I felt about your husband, I would do anything to hurt anyone physically. I realized that bringing him down would damage you and that was regrettable. The time I I was hiding, I studied Tomek's method of fabricating and manipulating information, but he was never violent, never. I didn't send you those letters. Elena returned to her chair and dropped her head into her hands and wept. The most trusted members of the governor's security force were called. Elena was discreetly removed from the Davidsons' home and for the moment put under arrest in a secret location. Renita had left, and Cheryl, Aaron, and Derek were sitting in the kitchen. What good will it do to, to announce her arrest, Aaron? If the media gets hold of it, the person who really sent the letters will go underground. She's the one who sent the letters, Cheryl, Aaron insisted. Dad, Derek injected, it makes no sense. She was in and out of mom's office and home all the time. She wanted to kill us. There would have been a bomb or poison or something. She could have killed you and disappeared with a whole new identity. Why all this stuff with the Dinkra symbols and letters? Whoever sent those letters is somehow connected to the MacDonald case, and she has no connection. I agree, Cheryl said. If we say the Elena is the one, the real culprit will stop sending notes and will never find them. Tomorrow, I will make my announcement, and after that, we should get some kind of response. Cheryl looked at her husband and son and continued, I'm going to grant Calvin McDonald parole. Well, wow. we've now found out something, that Elena is actually Sveta Brant. She's Tomek's sister, and she was out to get revenge on Aaron because she blamed him for her brother's suicide. So she says she's not the one who sent the notes, and there doesn't seem to be any connection between her and the McDonald case, but is she telling the truth? Have we found the culprit? Well, they're going to keep it secret for right now what they found out. But Cheryl's about to make a decision or announce her decision to parole Calvin McDonald. And that should promote some kind of reaction. So tune in next week for episode number seven of Adinkra. Thanks for listening.